the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Over the last few episodes, we've looked into faith, as shown in Hebrews chapter 11. In this recording, we look at the story of Noah. The main reading is Genesis chapter 6. Amen. No, it did. Everything just as God commanded. So we, we are in, into our faith chapter, chapter 11 of Hebrews. Faith, of course, he gives us a definition. Bless the Lord, because it's, it's the currency of heaven. Faith, that's how we get everything, that's how we see everything. And uh, then, of course, and he goes through example after example of men, uh, of, of God, that, that by faith, that's what we hear every time, but we're by faith. And I think, how many times is it? 21? Uh, by faith. And of course, faith is the assurance, the foundation the uh, title deed of things hoped for, confidently expected, the evidence, the um, certification, the proof, the test of things not yet seen. That's interesting, not yet seen, because if you go through uh, Hebrews 11, you'll see it's all about how we see and how faith um, interprets that. And as someone said, faith is not belief without proof, but trust without reservation. C.S. Lewis said, faith is holding on to things. Your reason has once accepted in spite of changing moods. Ah, that's interesting. And I've told you this one before. I, I do like this one. Faith hears the inaudible, sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and then receives the impossible. Didn't write that. It was a good one. Amen. And so tonight we're looking at um, uh, Noah. Hebrews 11 verse 7 says, It's by faith, Noah... When warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built, uh, built an ark to save his family. By faith he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that comes by faith. By faith. Let's just have a bit of background because remember the, the flood um, was something that was uh, a prophesied, wasn't it? Um, or well, certainly a, 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 a something that was... Uh, Calamitous and something that some disaster, don't we? Um, by Enoch, Enoch was 65, something happened to Enoch, um, and he, he had a son, Methuselah, and we know that name, that Methuselah means when he dies, he's coming. <laughs> and so, so, we, so God had already prepared, but remember that's a prophetic word, a, a long time, isn't it? Methuselah, we see the mercy of God, of course, Methuselah, we know, is the oldest person. Well, is he the oldest? Because Enoch didn't die, and, and well, anyway, well, he's a first person <laughs> died nine hundred sixty-nine years, um, and so that's the mercy of the Lord, isn't it? And we know as soon as he died, that was when he came. But anyway, let's just look at that. At Genesis five twenty-one to the end. And Enoch lived six sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty and five years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, but God took him. Methuselah lived a hundred and eighty and seven years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived with the sorry, lived after he begat Lamech seven hundred and eighty and two years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were nine hundred and sixty and nine years, and he died. Lamech lived a hundred and eighty and two years and begat a son, and he called his name Noah. 
saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamach lived after he begat Noah five hundred and ninety and five years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamach were seven hundred and seventy and seven years that he died. And Noah was five hundred years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Jebel. So there's, a, there's that prophetic word about Noah, isn't it? Of course, prophetic word about Methuselah, when he dies. And then we have that prophetic word about Noah, saying, um, now he's not no ordinary person. Um, he will come, and he will, his name means comfort, name means rest. But again, we, we see that um, uh, bringing out the curse, isn't it? Painful, the toil of the hands caused the ground of the Lord was cursed, which is we find that in Genesis 3. So there was going to come a day when Noah, Noah's the one that would bring uh, some kind of uh, shape, some kind of order, some kind of judgment on sin. And that was prophesied. That was, that was the prophetic word over him. But that's not just good enough, is it? He had to, by faith, he, the Bible says, and we just read in chapter 6, he found favour, he was righteous, he was upright in his generation. And listen to this, he walked with God, just like his grandfather. Enoch, he walked with God. So the first thing we notice by faith, when we're walking by faith with the Lord, we are receptive. We can hear his voice. The Bible says, when Noah was warned, when the Lord spoke to him, um, so he heard God's voice. And that's wonderful. When we're walking by faith, we, we are attentive. We can hear, but we need to be attentive. There's, there's two different things, isn't it? Um, I, I can hear many things, but whether I'm attentive to hearing them is a different matter. But both he was. Um, thankfully, bless the Lord, that's our place. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. There we are. My sheep know my voice and they follow me. They listen to me. We've showed you those pictures before. I remember doing uh, on um, the uh, the shepherd and uh, where the shepherd whistles or calls. And I can come along and they had all the students in there and they were shouting and the sheep didn't. They? As soon as the shepherd, bang, they were right there. He came and it was amazing. He thought, well, that's a trick. No, because they know his voice. Sheep are dull. We know that. Well, not so dull sometimes. But uh, easily diverted. But they know the shepherd. And they know his voice. And that's a great picture. Um, to know his voice, but also to, to, to be attentive to how we listen. The Bible tells us, now be careful, because obviously we can be we easily distracted, our hearing, our listening to his voice. Luke 8, and we have, a, we have 4 to 8, and then we've got two other verses to flick in there as well. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be... For, who, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and who, whoever does not have, even what he has, what he seems to have, will be taken from him. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. 
hearing. Be careful how we hear. Develop it. Attune our ears. Be careful of obstacles, distractions. Um, and uh, when we, we, we want to hear, we want to hear the God's voice. And of course, the sowing power, we often uh, liken it to um, salvation and sowing the gospel. But, you see, he's very clear, Jesus. You need to understand this to understand that all the others. And it's, it's, a, it's for us as well, all Christians, how we hear God's word. Of course, we know the first one, careless, didn't care really. On the path, Luke tells us, you throw something in, they trampled on the word. And sometimes we have a word that we don't like, and we're careless with it, don't we? Whatever God is saying to us, however difficult, however extreme sometimes to change, hear it, hear it, hear it. Of course, then, some, some people are emotional, aren't they? Sentimentality, we can be sentimental, can't we? Ezekiel said, uh, what did they say about Ezekiel? Oh, he's a lovely, he's a lovely singer. Oh, we love to hear Ezekiel. And the Lord said they are sentimental. They love to hear you, but they're not listening. And they think the, the words you're saying for many years to come. So tell them it's for now. Square them up. He said, because they love, and we can be sentimental. It's amazing how we can sometimes love to hear certain things. They tell us of um, uh, Pilate, not Pilate, um, Herod, wasn't it? Who loved to listen to John. Isn't that amazing? Now, John, he wasn't a nice preacher like me, me and you, was he? John was down the throat. Down the throat prophet. You stinking sinner. You, you get yourself squared up or the Lord's coming to judge you. That was John. But the Bible says he loved to listen to him. He loved to hear him. And he, he spent time listening. And that's amazing. And we've got to be careful we don't become emotional. Um, because the Bible is ultimately practical, isn't it? Now, God will stir our emotions, but if it's just emotional, we know when trouble comes, when difficulty comes, when we've got to really apply God's word, we're going to give up. Be the, that's why the, the last verse, that's verse 22, he obeyed what the Lord said. He obeyed what the Lord said. And that's so, so vital. Because remember, um, that word, not yet seen. Because around him, Matthew 24 says, as in the days of Noah, so will be in the second coming. And what was happening? They were marrying, giving in marriage, buying and selling. So around him, everything was looking as if it was going to go on forever. Nothing was going to change. That was his normal sight. But his faith, the Lord said, oh, careful now, because I'm going to send it. Um, and he didn't, well, he had a good idea when, but he didn't know when Methuselah was going to die. <laughs> but he was building probably... Not more than 80 years, because if you look at the dates, because he was 500, he was 600, and he was having kids after, so if you work it out, but it was a long time. And he was probably made fun of, and they think, what on earth are you doing that for? The Lord's told me. Uh, but it's amazing, we'll come to how, how God works. Uh, of course, then, the the distracted here, that's where we, most of us come in, isn't it? The, with the thorns, we get easily distracted. Uh, and and he, he gives us the very clear distractions, the worries of this life, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of, of wealth, and the desires for other things. And they go on their own way, do our own thing, want in our own way. That easily does. And what happens then? We stop hearing God's voice because the Bible says, listen to him. This is the way walk in it. Don't go there. Don't go there. Lord, I think this is a good way. No, it isn't. Stay this way, but the careful hearer, the, the, the one who wants it, he, the Bible says, good heart, nobler. He hears it, he guards it, he receives it, and he applies it. He applies God's word. Let's read that um, Hebrews 5, Dell of Hearing, 5, 11 to 14. 
We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. And solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to do to distinguish good from evil. Learning to listen. Dull of hearing. What does he say in the same same book? Today if you hear your voice, do not harden your hearts when God speaks. Listen, dull of hearing. We love to turn to Timothy says, be careful, don't turn your ears to myths and, and yeah, we, we are so easily distracting with some things we we sometimes we, we like certain certain things don't we um, I, I love reading sometimes books on uh, like Wigglesworth I get caught up in that now we need signs and wonders isn't it but again Lord keep me straight keep me on keep my eyes on you on you because um, ultimately it's you that got to get it's got to be on him and and listening to him and uh, being available to him isn't it uh, recognizing the call of the God, positioning ourselves, recognizing our need, and getting ourselves right in the way. Thankfully, the Bible says we can uh, be led of him. We have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in us. That's why we need to be continually filled and uh, submitted to him. Uh, Galatians 5, 16 to 18, and then finish on 25. <laughs> I say then, walk in the Spirit, yeah. and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, mm. and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you have not entered the law. Mm. No? That's okay, just uh, verse 25 then, thanks. Um, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Yeah, so we're led, we're living, he's given us life, we know that. We are, we are, and then, then our part comes in then, doesn't it? We have been led, which means we have to listen. And then that last verse then, walk, it means actually to keep in step. It's a verse we, we come now, um, the Bible says of, of Noah, he uh, in holy fear. Uh, when warned by God, he was moved with fear. The word really is circumspect. He made sure that he was going to do God's word to the letter. He made he, he, he took God's word as it says. And that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, uh, seeing God means what he says and, and uh, says what he means. Godlessness is uh, God not meaning what he says and God not minding what we do. That's godlessness. Doesn't mean what he says and he doesn't really mind what we do. And here's the problem. See, when we're moving in faith, we're receptive, but we also move with reverence. He was moved with fear. Now people say well that's really Old Testament but we'll have a look in a minute. Oh. Um, that's the, um, I wonder what that was then. So water was coming. Um, but fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. We remember, we must must remember and the New Testament writer is continually reminding us who God is. Look up how great our God is. Moved with fear. See him for who he is. And uh, see ourselves for who we are in his presence. Bless the Lord. Um, 
Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Again, Ecclesiastes, there he is, an old man. He's, um, he's gone through what he thought life would bring, and he says, look, it's meaningless. Mm -hmm. Look, you can do this, this, and this, and he did it all, done it all, got the t-shirt, said, now there's the conclusion of the matter. Fear him, mm -hmm. honour him, see who he is. And then because you know who he is, you're going to be, by faith, you're going to do what he says. Follow his commands. That's the conclusion of the matter. That's fear of him recognizing who God is. And thankfully there, you say, well, that's the Ecclesia. Look at this, look at this, um, this scripture from Revelation. And this is called the eternal gospel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Listen to this now. The eternal gospel. Not the gospel you're in, the God, this is eternal gospel. Revelation 14, 6 to 7. Then I saw another angel flying in the day, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the honour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Fear him, honour him, worship him. See, that's the eternal gospel. Um, why? Because it's recognised who God is. Once you see who the Lord is, remember, Isaiah, we've done it the more. Once they see who the Lord is, the first thing they recognize is we're a sinner and we need a savior. <laughs> and uh, that's why we, we see him for who he is. There's, rever there's that deference, that reverence, that awe. In, in, the kids would say, wow, wouldn't they? That's who God is. And the trouble is because we have, um, again, we, we, that's our problem. We overbalance sometimes our teaching. God, is, God loves us, of course he does. He wants to be our friend. He, yes, he does. He's our father. Yes, he is. But again, the, the, the balance is he's still almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He's still above and beyond. He's still the maker and the creator. And that just, he said, he's still the consuming fire. He says to the people in Hebrews, now be careful. He's still the consuming. He's the awesome one. So that brings fear. And of course, then that then just shakes us up. So instead of, as I said the other day, when I talked about that example about the young girl living like that and still think you can carry on being in the church and being this and that. No, 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 no. Fear of the Lord would change that. Because you say, well, wait a minute now. Although I'm lean, I want to do that. Yes. But the fear of the Lord says, wait a minute now. That's not the way I should be. That's not the way I should go. So he was moved with fear. Now, thankfully, it's not just an Old Testament because in the New Testament, they knew who God was. They, they, they revered him. Uh, Acts 9.31 And the church throughout Judah, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and increased in numbers. Bless the Lord. That's the part, isn't it? Increased in numbers, continue worshipping and living in the fear of the Lord. You'll find Acts 2, Acts 5, Acts 19, all living in the fear of the Lord. By faith, because we know who he is, we see what his word says, and we see and we are moved by faith. Fear. Why? Because he realized that this was the only salvation for the people. What he was building was the only salvation for him and his family, but also for the people. 
And, and what, you say, why did it go on for so long? So everyone would have had the opportunity, everyone would have heard the gospel, everyone would have known. It doesn't matter where they lived in, in, the, in the world where people was. They would have said, you know, there's a chap in, chap, wherever he was, centre of the world there, um, Garden of Eden, just by over there. He said, that's where he built. So you know he's building, I think, because he says that there's a flood coming, preacher of righteousness, and they would have thought, oh, that's interesting. And they would have ample opportunity to come, to come, to hear the gospel or to get on the ark and to be saved. There is still, it's a great picture, isn't it? There's still only one way to be saved. There's still only one way to salvation. And when the Lord closes the door, remember, that's the interesting thing. The Lord closed the door, not Noah, because if he closed the door, he, he probably would have reopened it when he heard the people banging and shouting and uh, appealing, can we come in now? Because the Lord shut it. That was an opportunity gone. So he was moved with the fear, in the fear of the Lord. Uh, where we, by faith, we are receptive, we are reverent, but we're also then ready, because it's the obedient. When we talked last week, faith it, it, it can be sort of vague, and I have faith. No, no, no. Jim said, faith isn't just believing, faith is doing. It's actually producing something in life. It's producing obedience. It's producing action. He said, faith without works is dead. He said, don't. He said, the devil says, I believe because they believe and they tremble. Mm. He said, You've got, it's got to be worked out in our lives. So readiness. The Bible says, um, uh, by faith, he, he built an ark. He prepared an ark. That's a readiness. A readiness to do that which is the Lord. See, and faith produces a readiness, a preparedness in our heart to serve him, to be right with him. Um, uh, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be ready. Get awake, he said. Rise up. Be awake. Why? Because you know the time is short. You know you're his. You know, and and be, be ready and be filled and be um, ready to do his work. Be circumspect. That's the word we get circumspect. Be circumspect with our lives. Because when we're walking by faith, we're walking with listening, receptive, we're walking in reverence, we're walking with readiness, we're preparing. No, it's no, um, it's no laziness in the kingdom of God, is it? When it comes to our lives. We've got to really grab hold of our lives sometimes, we and shake ourselves up, because we are prone, we are prone to rest and eat. And uh, we were reading the other day, sometimes the Lord throws in difficulties, of course he does. Of course he does. Why? Because naturally we will just ease, ease it. But he brings those across our path, uh, we just read in UCB the other day, to draw us back to him, draw him See, that's an incidental, isn't it? The incidental is to, to get us knowing him, spending time with him, being with him. So readiness, readiness. Uh, Luke 12, 35. Let your loins be girded about and your legs burning, and ye yourselves like unto men and wait for the Lord. When he will return from the wedding, and when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Of course, being ready, being prepared, being ready, being ready is also a bit of perseverance. We've got to press through. Remember, as we just said, he built the building for probably about 80 years. 
um, and not seeing, as all he was seeing, as, as Matthew 24 says, things going on as everything did, always did. And, uh, you know, when we say the Lord's coming back, people look around, well, everything's going on as and on as it is, as it is, as in the days of Noah, so it will be, isn't it? As in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, ah, oh, no, you're, you're joking. Remember the, the, the sons in Noah? Don't be so soft. Don't be so soft, they said. But in a moment, things change. You know, being prepared. Uh, persevering, of course, we've, we've looked at um, Noah, uh, we built that ark, and um, very interesting, when we look at the dimensions, we've said this before, that uh, once they started, uh, only in about 1609, by the look of it, I read, brought you, they started building them in those dimensions, they could carry a third more cargo, and uh, was, was the most, looked like a block, but very stable, very stable, um, uh, more stable than any other design. And by 1900, they say, every large vessel on the high seas uh, were inclined to the proportions of Noah's Ark. Bless the Lord. See, when you do it God's way, uh, it'll always be the best way. Always be the best way. Um, now, remember, he, Noah didn't know what not, uh, uh, even a boat looked like, probably. Certainly no rain. Whether he lived near water, I don't know. Um, but certainly nothing of that size and that vast, but he was ready. He prepared. Uh, he, he, he was ready for service. And the Bible is very clear about being ready, isn't it? Being ready, of course, for death. What did he say to that man? You fool. You prepare. God is preparing. He heaven. No, you prepare, he said. You prepare. You're not prepared. Prepared for the second coming, of course. The Lord says very clearly, be watchful, be alert. Like a thief in the night, he will come. And, of course, he likens Noah, Noah's situation to the second coming. Be ready also for service. What did he say? We just read, be dressed, ready for service. Keep listening and loving and serving the Lord. Ephesians 5, we just read it. Be circumspect, redeeming the time. Make the most of every opportunity. He said to Timothy, the young man, be prepared. Be prepared when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. In season and out season. Be ready. Faith will do a real faith, cause Noah to listen to be receptive, to be reverent, to be ready. And of course, he, then that came with righteousness. And that righteousness then uh, condemned the world. Uh, but that righteousness, of course, came by faith. But of course, what do we say? Noah, he didn't just build, he spoke, he taught. He believed God's word and he preached it. 2 Peter, 2 Peter 2. But God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people that protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness and seven others. He was the preacher of righteousness. Didn't just build, he said, this is for a purpose. I'm sure they asked him. But even they didn't ask him, he was preaching righteousness. And it's very interesting how he says, God will judge and put judgment on the ungodly. And that's, that's an interesting word. It means without fear, without, without reverence for God, not considering him who is sacred. That's ungodly. And the um, Bible says, they say, they, say, they say there's no God, there is no fear of God in them. When they, the godlessness produces no fear, don't, isn't it? So then when, you, when you, you say, well, that's not, you know, you need to repent. And they, remember, they listened to someone um, uh, and they were saying, repent for their lifestyle. And he said, for what? 
For what? Because God and godlessness doesn't bring fear, doesn't bring nothing sacred. And, um, and the other day I was just listening, and uh, you couldn't believe they, they were trying to argue for it. Um, they were having uh, those drag people in for, for the nippers. It was babies, wasn't it? And, and, and one said, well, what's wrong with that? Well, the trouble is you can't argue with someone like that because they're so blind mm. to, to that which is right and wrong. You could be like it in your head against the wall. How on earth anyone can think that is acceptable in any generation, in any society, is beyond belief. But that's what he said. The ungodly doesn't mean what the Lord says. It doesn't mean irreligious either. Ah, remember that. Uh, but they don't practice. They practice opposite of what the fear of God demands. Mm. So we see it in the church now. Not irreligious, but there's no real fear of the word of God and who God is. So now we can change God's word because it doesn't actually mean what it says. But the fear of God uh, and know is the preacher of righteousness and uh, by faith. And of course then, out of that, the Bible says he condemns the world. Why? Because now God can judge because he's given away. He's given a way out. People have got a way of salvation. So no one can say to God, oh, I didn't have a way. No, I didn't know. No, no, no. No, they know. They know. Um, 2 Corinthians 2. 14, 16. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a, sa- a sweet savour of Christ, in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the savour of death unto death, and to the other the savour of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? So... We as people of God carry something of God around. We are his hands, his feet. Now, now we can say we've let him down absolutely because the verse before says we are we are we are walk, should be walking in triumph, in victory, uh, which means there's something about the Lord in us that those things that once plagued us they're gone. Our character, our behaviour, our speech is different. Why? Because we are walking in victory. Do we slip? Do we fall? Absolutely. Do we stay down? No, we get up confess that, brush ourselves down, say, Lord, I want to eat victory in this area, particular area sometimes, we need victory in there. So we're walking, but then we, we, because we're his, we're carrying an aroma. And that, again, brings uh, righteousness into us. We are salt and light, so people will never say, well, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, you did, because so-and-so worked with you, and he, he knew the Lord. In fact, he told you about the Lord. Yeah. Um, and he knew there was something different about him and her. So we are bringing the, 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 the power of God, the grace of God, the righteousness. See, in building the ark, Noah um, prepared judgment. But he also prepared salvation, didn't he? He brought judgment and salvation in the same way uh, as Jesus did. Jesus took the judgment of God and uh, he brought salvation. But he's very, very clear that unless you put your trust in Jesus... The wrath of God remains on you. Uh, there's, so there's that dual thing going on. So he's bringing righteousness. He's bringing condemnation. Why? Because people know now there's only one way out. There's only one place to go. And that was to the ark. And thankfully, uh, again, this all starts with our father of the faith, Abraham, who believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. And here it says, he became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Romans 4, 13, 16. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are the law be heirs, be heirs 
faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Remember we said last week, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. We pray for our faith in him. By faith, Noah was receptive, reverent, ready, righteous. And again, our question is, does our faith cause us to be receptive? Are we listening to him? Are we be listening to what God wants us to do? Even though we, in our natural sight, it, it, it looks ridiculous. What's the Lord saying? Be receptive. Be reverent unto him. Glory is his, not ours. Fear him. Ready. Always ready to work. Always ready to be uh, listening and uh, prepared for the work of the Lord, the ways of the Lord. And ultimately brings out his righteousness, not mine. If we listen to him. I was reading this story. I love, again, uh, some of these faith stories. Um, it's interesting that the Reformation didn't, it was took place in 1570. Remember, we uh, looked a bit about Luther. But it produced virtually no missionaries for at least nearly 200 years, which is unbelievable, really, until the Moravians. And I remember the Moravians, that's the ones who, who uh, stood up Wesley. And that's the ones who started a prayer meeting every day, all day, that went on for over 100 years. And they, 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 they sent people out. And two, two young men, um, in August 18, 1732, they felt the call of God to go to the West Indies. Um, no, why the West Indies are probably the slavery then, wasn't it? Yeah, 1732. And uh, so the, the, the service they were commissioned on, what about this one? Unforgettable service in which they sang. How many hymns do you think they sang at the commissioning service? 100. Yeah. Glory, glory. 100 hymns. Yeah. Oh, that's a service, isn't it? Uh, you say, I'm, 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 after, after about 10 or 15, I'm going. I'm going into submission. Uh, the two left uh, from a place it was in Germany to Copenhagen. Obviously, that's where they were sailing from. When they got to uh, Copenhagen, uh, didn't go as, as planned. People were unfriendly. They were pelted with obstacles. One disappointment followed another. Much opposition rose to their mission. No one would help them. No one would take them. No one would take them on the ship. Their morale sank. And uh, they were down in the dumps. But they knew God had said. But all the, what they could see was against them. And then uh, on the one morning they were reading their word and they were reading, uh, of all things, one of Balaam's prophecies. Mm. Isn't it amazing what the Lord could use? Numbers 23, 19. The Lord does not lie, like me and you. He says, uh, and as he said, will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? They took all of the word. That's what we do. You take all the word and say, Lord, this is what you said. This is what you just told us to encourage us now. We're going to believe it. Our view, what we can see, is not, but our faith eyes, our faith vision, sees what you've told us. And we're going to believe it. Amazing. Our things turned around not too long after. A handful of people began helping them. Tired of public opinion, two royal chaplains lent their support. And even the Queen of Denmark encouraged them, even paying for their uh, passage. A court official secured their passage on the Dutch ship, and uh, over two months after they got there, uh, went to Copenhagen, they sailed to the, uh, to the West Indies and the opening of modern era of missions began. The Lord has spoken to them. They'd believe that he would make it good. And that's faith, isn't it? Against all odds, we believe. Why? Because the Lord has said it. 
trusting in him and his word. Why? Because he can't fail. Doesn't matter what we can see. Remember, sees the invisible, hears the inaudible, receives the impossible. Bless Lord, help us, Lord, to be uh, like Noah, hearing, fearing, ready, and righteous. Bless the Lord. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.